0: Hey, what's going on? This is Jesse Rivera, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have my very special guest, Mr. D. Rock. But before we get into that, let's head on out over to the East Coast, and let's catch up with the homie, Morgan Anderson. Morgan Anderson, how the hell are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. I am in New Jersey, (laughs)
0: because
1: that's where I got an Airbnb, because it was cheaper. Um, I, the Airbnb listing said that it was like only a 10 minute bus ride to New York, which is true, but the bus only comes once every hour. Oh
0: shit. <laughs> but but yeah. like, how early and how late?
1: Oh, this is where it gets even more fucked early. It starts at seven 30, but shit, nothing's going on that early, but it stopped running from the port authority station in New York at uh, one fifteen
0: a.m. Oh, that's not so bad. If I'm not,
1: it is, because there's so many shows at midnight. There's so much going on until, like, 3 in the morning.
0: Really? till 3 in the yes. morning?
1: Yes, dude. This is why I fucking love New York. Like, there's shit going on all the time. Like, everyone is out until 3, 4 in the morning.
0: Oh, my God. And is that the life you've been living for the past? How long have you been there now? No,
1: um, I got here Monday, so, um, but I, I flew on a red eye. So, Monday was pretty much just a fucked day because I was so tired. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. So, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five, five and a half days I've been here. You
0: know what? Okay. You've only been there five and a half days, but your Instagram stories already make it seem like you've been there months.
1: I am just. Uh, so I'm not good at, like, networking and, like, being confident in talking to people at all. I recently developed a character that I could play to be able to do all that.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so I've been networking up a storm as I introduced myself as my own name. But in my head, my character's name is Ashley with two E's. Of <laughs> uh, and she owns her own small business. She is not afraid to uh, talk to people on the street, doesn't question why people look at her, um, isn't afraid to send food back that's wrong at restaurants. She's like everything I'm not. And so I've just been taught, like, that's how I've been able to be social with people. So you just uh,
0: embrace Ashley when you're out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wears wears a wide-brimmed hat. Not in real life, but in my head, she
0: does. Are all the clubs in New York tiny? They all seem like they are tiny and like there's nowhere yeah. to shit.
1: The clubs?
0: Yeah, like everything seems super well, tiny. I can,
1: I can shit in the clubs, but Okay, I've done a few spots at Grizzly Pear, which is a rad, rad fucking club. It's right next door to the Comedy Cellar. Um, so I've gone up a couple times there. But, yeah, like, if you're not patronizing a place, you can't, like, shit there.
0: Okay, okay. And so,
1: like, and there's no public restrooms anywhere. Like, there's no public restrooms in the subway. I thought there would be public restrooms in the subway. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, why would there be? Because if there were public restrooms in the subway, I wouldn't be able to use them anyway. Because there would be either a homeless person fucking living in it someone dead in it or a junkie shooting up in it.
0: Right. Like yeah, it would that's be inaccessible trifecta.
1: any way you slice it. Yeah, like I've had to buy food places just to to shit because I have uh IBS and I have to shit almost constantly.
0: Oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> I only have to shit once a day. But I have to Are pee. you serious? Seriously,
1: I don't think that's healthy either, though. Jessie. No, it
0: is. No one solid I think you're movement. supposed to Look shit like
1: up. three times a day.
0: Nah, I think the older you get, the less you shit.
1: Oh, because the less you eat, maybe.
0: Oh, I don't know. I hella eat. <laughs> <laughs> How's the food? Yeah,
1: I don't even eat that much, so I'm not even sure. I was gonna say, what's like, going on? Like, <laughs> I shit like eight times a day, Jesse. Like, oh I don't know. My bowels are, like, magicians, but, like, actual magicians.
0: But are they, like, big shits or just, like, little shits? You can't, like, shit, like... Oh, it's all liquid. Oh, man. Oh, that's no fun. (laughs) That's no fun at all. All right, we're going to get off the shit talk. Oh, wow. I could could fucking do a whole hour
1: on shit.
0: (laughs) We got to leave the people wanting more. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, how fucking cold is it in New York? Is it freezing yet?
1: Oh, my God. So everyone made fun. Everyone's been making fun of me because I am always cold. And they're like, it's not even winter yet. Also, this is like the warmest beginning of winter we've ever had. And I uh, (laughs) I'm fucking freezing everywhere I go. But like in in New York City, like when you're in the city, it's not as cold because there's so much hot air being pumped up from the subway. So, like, I just walk by all the greats. So, I'm sure I just smell like fucking hot garbage. But I'm not as cold as when I am, like, outside of it. i um, never thought I about that.
0: I always see, you always see that in the movies about New York, right? Like, every New York movie has that scene where the steam is coming up from the subways. And I never thought, oh, it's probably yeah. warm right there.
1: It's hella warm right there. And I love it. I just can't think about the smell just don't breathe in (laughs) because it'll ruin it. Uh, Um, uh, But I did a show outside uh, in Astoria at a park the other night. Uh, It was like the second night I was in town and I uh, don't know how to dress myself for winter because in Sacramento, it doesn't really exist. I wore a sweater, but like, the sweaters that we wear for winter are not like sweat. You know, it was a knitted fucking sweater. It was. It had holes all over the place. And then I was like, I'll just throw a sweatshirt on top. Mm-hmm. No. It was like forty-five degrees out there. I was wearing workout fucking shorts, and I had these wool socks on that I pulled up to my knees. And I did the first half of my set in this park because I was sh- I was shaking too bad. To get words
0: out well, oh my god! So
1: i did, i did a full, like two three minutes up top, doing like jumping jacks because I was too fucking cold.
0: Oh wow, wow! And, and is there like a is there like a, a network network? Are you like in a in a Facebook group that's telling you where to find the mics, or are you just word of mouthing it?
1: Oh, that wasn't a mic; it was a show. Oh, that was um, a show. I've only been. Yeah, I've only done one mic, and that was on Friday in Harlem, and um, it was an awesome mic, actually, because most of the mics in New York are kind of fucked. It's all comics, no actual crowd, and you get like three minutes. Oof. But this one I found in Harlem had an actual crowd of like 15 people. Nice. And they gave me seven minutes. Wow. And so I got to work out seven new minutes of material and it was great. It was great. The crowd was great. I had a blast. Right. So,
0: I, yeah. I want, I want to wrap this segment up real quick, Morgan, but I just want to ask you, so are you just getting tons of material? Like, are you just getting tons of inspiration for new material? Are you writing like crazy right now? What's going on with that? Yeah. Yeah. I've been working
1: on, um, Well, first of all, my writing ability has increased just because of how many people I'm watching consistently, Mm. like two, three shows a night, even if I don't get up, I'm watching other comics Yeah, and I've met so many other comics. I hooked up with um, two of these like amazing comics, one from Boston, one from Ohio. They live in New York and been living there for like six years and they're both hilarious and they do sketches. So we're filming oh. like three sketches: one that I wrote, that's fucking great, and then two that they wrote that are also fucking great, and then one that we're writing together. Uh, we're filming all of those tomorrow. So I'm gonna start. Uh, and these are guys
0: that you pumping met. Pumping those out. These are guys that you met this week.
1: Yeah, like three days ago. Oh man. I hung out with them all. Yeah, I hung out with them all day today. Uh, just going over like what we want to do and like they're all just working comics so like we they don't do anything during the day yeah and they're so like
0: so they stay in it's creation so great mode. to
1: be a, yeah it's so great to be around like so many of my friends in Sacramento like have day jobs so they don't have the time to devote like all of the energy to comedy like I, I do and so I felt kind of stagnated in Sacramento because I I need other people around me to like spur creativity a little bit sometimes. And here, that's so many, so many people I've met are like just purely comics and they don't do anything during the day. And they have all the time to just get together and write and bullshit. And like, I've learned, I've learned a lot. There's so many great comics here that have decades of experience that I've just been like, picking their brains and working together to create like sketches or I give them tags. They give me tags. Yeah. I've only been here for a week and I feel like I've gained like an insane amount of knowledge.
0: Morgan, Morgan, that is so awesome, man. Listen, it was great catching up with you and we all miss you and we all wish you the best of luck and uh, we'll be hearing from you soon. Cool.
1: Yeah, I'm coming back on November 30th, and then I think I'm moving out
0: to New York in the spring. Dude, Morgan and I ended up talking for like another 30 minutes, and it's so exciting to hear everything she's doing out on the East Coast, and I can't wait for her to come home. But I also, I cannot wait for her to get back out there and keep chasing and pursuing her dream. So now, on with our regularly scheduled program. We are now going to listen to a a sit-down I had about a week ago with my homie D-Rock. D-Rock and I, we go back... Um, I met him right when I started doing comedy, and he was always super cool to me, super chill, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to sit down and have a chat with him. So now, please enjoy my chat with Mr. D-Rock. D-Rock, how the hell are you, man? Doing pretty good, boss. Not too bad. Um, you know, you're one of the guys that, even though like you and I have never like hung out or like caught a movie together Mm -hmm. like when i see you at a mic i immediately think all right i got i got back up here i got you know because it's like (laughs) i don't know when you started but you seem to start showing up when i started showing up because i'm three years in What are you
2: i am about six years in but as
0: far as sacramento
2: wise i'm about i want to say four years okay Yeah, yeah yeah i started originally from tracy that's where i used to live and i started out that way
0: Okay, so did you grow up in Tracy?
2: Grew up in Tracy, raised there from five to the age of twenty-five. So that's where I the know.
0: heck is Tracy? Is it Northern California town?
2: Northern California. It's uh. So you know where Stockton is? Know where Stockton if, is? If you pass Stockton, there's Manteca. If you go past Manteca, Tracy is right there. That's where it is. Small town. When I moved there, I think the only thing there was like a Walmart. So it was like super, just nothing there. I think my greatest thing was tipping cows, like for fun, that was our shit, so right? that was, yeah, it was a small, boring-ass town. Where, how old were you when you moved to Tracy? Uh, I moved from
0: East Palo Alto at five to Tracy, so I started oh, okay. kindergarten so, there, so So that's about when you started opening up your eyes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, not like you didn't leave school in the seventh grade, like, I'm not going to nah. know anybody.
2: I had, I mean, I barely had, I had a couple friends up the block in East Palo Alto, and we left them, you know, shouts out to them back home, but yeah, that's Yeah,
0: it. right on. And then when how, and then you left Tracy what like 2013, 2012, 2014, yeah, 2014 or 15 I left. And then Sacramento since then.
2: Sacramento. I mean, it was either that or go to the Bay Area and the prices was too steep so I was like, let me come out to Sac. I have an uncle out here so that kind of made it a little easier to transition here.
0: So growing up in Tracy was it always kind of like I'm going to get back to the Bay Area eventually? Um
2: not really. No. Uh um, For a long time, it was I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go to LA.
0: Oh, Cause LA.
2: At the time when I finished high school, I had a girlfriend who was going to like, uh Cson Northridge. Uh-huh. So I would go out there to see her, and I was like, Oh, I gotta move down here. This is where I need to be. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I didn't have no real career goals or career mindset of anything I wanted to do. So you know, Tracy was where I was at for a long time, and it kind of died there. I didn't really have a dream of going anywhere else after that.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. And what what led what? How old were you when you started doing comedy?
2: I was the first time I grabbed the mic. 25? 25?
0: 20 yeah. Okay, that's relatively young. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It took took some time to even get to that point. I mean, I was funny in high school. I never got voted most funny person or whatever. None of that was votes for none of that. Um, I always was funny though, but. I never really knew about doing comedy or doing stand-up as, like, a real thing for me. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I did the, the regular black people shit. I rapped. I mean, I did... I sold drugs. I tried that. You know, I did all that stupid shit, but nothing really made me feel as comfortable until I stepped on the stage and did comedy.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was it? Do you remember where it was? First time? Yeah,
2: first time was at Tommy T's in Pleasanton. That was the first time I ever stepped on stage. It was an open mic. Um... My boy actually signed me up. He lied to me. He was like, yo, I signed me and you up. We're going to do it together. So I'm like, all right, cool. I wrote five minutes of jokes on the paper. We go there. And then my boy is like, right before they call us to the bag, he's like, yo, bro, I didn't sign up. I just signed you up. So I'm like, now I'm hella nervous. Oh. I'm like, bro, I really don't want to do this. I'm ready to leave. You know, that's, that's when I really had that mindset. Of, I'm never letting nobody else drive me no more because, you know, I drove. I rode him. I was like, I have no way home so I did it you know and um, at that time it was uh, Jerry Law but his his name back then was Lucky Dollars and okay. he used to be the well he probably still hosts a lot there but he was hosting the the open mic there and he took me to the back let me know the kind of the rules on how everything works uh, and told me yo man we're gonna put you up there first and I was like yo fuck that I don't wanna do this now I don't wanna <laughs> quit I don't wanna go first yeah. and there was a guy there named um, Tom Bomb Tom Bomb yeah I'll he's still around him. right? Great he's in dude. Vegas yeah, now right? great dude I met him there he was like, I'll go first. So I'm like, my mind's like, oh, he's funny. He's about to kill. He has two shows. He's about to kill. Goes up there. They say, yo, you get a minute. If you're not funny within a minute, they can boo you. Oh, shit. So that made it even worse. Yeah. Tom Bomb goes up there, minute and a half. And he just don't care. I don't think he bombed on purpose. I don't think he was like, he was terrible. He really was just like, I don't care. I'm going up here to say what I want. And he got booed. They took him off and threw me up the next person. So I'm even more nervous. Luckily, there were some women there gave me a couple oohs and ahs because they thought I was cute, and I used that to my advantage. And mm. Luckily, you know, ran my five minutes with no booze. Uh, it felt good. You know, that that's when I knew I was like, yo, this is what I got to do. This uh-huh. is it, and I was very happy with it.
0: And then, how soon after that did you get back up?
2: Um, I actually did a few guest spots with uh, what's the guy's name? Mario Hodge. Mario Hodge. Oh, yeah. was my mentor actually. He actually put me on a few of his shows that he had within uh, the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Got to do a few shows there. Um, I kind of got to see the highs and lows because, you know, I felt real good at the first show I ever done. I did another show with him, and it went pretty good. And then I did another one, and it went bad. And that's where I kind of was like, oh, shit, okay, every day ain't going to be a good day. You know what I'm saying? That's Everybody, where like the
0: lesson, like right? Yeah,
2: that's, that's the number one thing you have to learn in this game. Not everybody's gonna like you. Not everybody's gonna love everything you say. You're not always gonna get a laugh. It's tough out here. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I've heard I've heard uh experienced comics say that not everybody's supposed to like you. No, they're not. Yeah, they're really not.
2: That, I mean you come into the game thinking you're like, yo, if you think you make fifteen people laugh that don't know you out of out of anybody in this world, you like oh, okay, I could do this, I can make everybody laugh. It's yeah. really not like that. It's yeah. definitely it's gonna definitely humble you real fast once you start and get into the game.
0: Because the thing is, like if you're able to make everybody laugh, then you're you're angling your trajectory, like, to please the people. Yeah. And you're not really...
2: You're trying to find a commonality with everybody, and you can't do that. It's not possible. Right. I mean, you not, can act like you're doing it, but it's really not possible.
0: Right, right. That's something else, man. Yeah, and um, how much do you think you're... Like, how many times do you think, like... Your style has changed in like the the time that you've been doing comedy.
2: Honestly So you say
0: you're now you're uh what six is.
2: years. So I would say it's changed a lot. Like I think I think I'm I'm more or better with elaborating on jokes. From the beginning I was just I would say a joke, boom, that's it. I don't have no elaboration with it. There's mm-hmm. no like let me let me elaborate, let me make a few more jokes off this, let me add a crowd work off this joke. Um I think you kinda just learn that on the cuff and just being out there, you know. Um, and sometimes when you want to have more time in your set, crowd work is a good thing. You know, what I'm yeah. sometimes people don't like talking to the crowd; they're nervous. The crowd's gonna mess with them. You have the control. You know what I'm saying? As long as you know how to talk to a crowd and keep them in pocket. Hey, y'all yo, want you to listen to me here, but I need you to talk here. I need you. to do, You know what I'm saying? If you have that type of control, it's really, it's really a good thing to have.
0: Yeah, crowd work is 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 an art uh, yes. in, in into itself, and it's mm-hmm. it's something that I am still uh I know I need to work at it mm. um and i'll I'll try it when I'm feeling really brave yeah. but it's not something that I'm never like okay tonight I'm just gonna do crowd no mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true it's it's still because it was still like right up until right before the pandemic I was still so new that if someone from the crowd talked to me it could derail my whole set
2: mm-hmm. like that's if true. I,
0: if I responded to them yeah. I would like afterwards I'd be like Oh, where was I?
2: Yeah, I forgot that joke I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have that a lot. I do yeah. do that. That You're, does happen. I mean, and that's a part of the game. It's kind of something that's like, yo, I was going to talk about this, but now talking to you, I got a whole new thing. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it can be bad. Um, it's all about how you kind of play off of it, you know, like uh-huh. if you allow it to take you to a point where it's like, yo, now I remember what I was going to talk about. But you, whatever you were talking about with her was really good, and you just want to keep going. That's still good, you know. So you still play with that, but it's it's all a learning aspect, you know. Once you get out there and do it,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, during the pandemic, you kind of were dabbling with some with some videos and some. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Like, uh, what, yeah. what was it like? Because, like, okay, I really felt that like the Sacramento scene was like really strong, and yeah. the, like all the guys that I, all the guys and the girls that I that I knew were, were like it was the. We're just having some great shows and then mm-hmm. just boom. Shut it down. What was that shit like, dude? And then um, what, what led you to doing the video stuff?
2: Honestly, yeah. Sitting at the house all day, not having a show. I, I couldn't get with the Zoom shows. that I did a one or two here and there, but it just didn't feel the same. So I started trying to figure out other lanes of things we can do to keep people interested. And um, I came up with an idea of creating a show. Uh, a, a short comedy show about me about my life coming up and what I did to get to, to the point where I decided, yo, this is what I want to do. I want to do stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. Um, so we created a few episodes with a few comedians out of Sacramento, a few actually just regular people that just wanted to get on the show. Yeah. Um, and we created an episode of it. We want to create more. It. We're just not at the point where once everything opened back up, everybody kind of got back to their regular life. So it's kind of hard to get everybody together. But I'm still in works with trying to get that going again. Uh-huh. Um, but man, I enjoyed making that show. That was like really fun. It was called Rocking a Hard Place. Yeah. So uh, season one is still the episode one is still on YouTube on my page at uh, if you go to YouTube and type in D Rock the Mike TV. You can find me on there, and you can watch an episode. You know what I'm saying? I'm always looking for more people who want to be on the show. Yeah. If anybody got any aspects, any, any type of interest or anything they want to write, maybe, let me know. I'm always
0: what, what was that whole process like, though? Like, did you just shoot on your iPhone? Did you? How did no. That, so, actually... Like, what did you shoot with? What did you edit with? What so was... So, we
2: actually... I, I put it out on uh, Instagram that I was looking for people to work on the show, and um, with that came with some people I've met from the past... I actually have a videographer, a lady named Shania Hayes, who okay. shot my whole show and edited herself. Uh, she's, she, you know, she's on the come up. She's trying to make her name for herself. She was willing to work with me. Uh, it was no money involved for anybody, so it was really just a way of everybody gaining some type of skill in the whole game. Yeah. So she was the one who actually did all the production, shooting, and lighting. Uh, we had, as far as writers, it was me. I had uh, Josh Meen. Not Josh means, uh Sean Carrasco, Andre Dawson, uh, my boy Jigman, Ryan Newman, uh, all wrote for the show, and also we had Shannon Battle, who was also working and co co writing and also uh, uh, co star in the show as well. Yeah. So we had a lot of people work on the show. It was it was a lot of fun having everybody. There's people that I was working on the second season that I didn't get to get put in. Um, so we definitely want to try to get them in on the next one.
0: Yeah. When when I watched that, I was like, dude, like, cause you guys shot stuff at, like I've. I've dabbled a little bit in like, like because I've really looked into like shooting and editing. Yeah. And I know that like there's like you know shooting in the daylight is mm. super easy. Like that's like the safe thing to do. Yeah. Shooting at night is super hard, super technical. Yeah. And you guys like the the it took place at night. Well, it took place like in the morning.
2: Uh. So we yeah, partially this- we shot some 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 uh, some of the scenes in the morning, some of the midday, and then the night scene for when we got the robbery. Yeah, that was. It was hard to kind of get that set up because of it being so dark, so the lighting was actually really good. She did a real good job with that.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, the walking down the street, a lot of people were very worried about me and Shannon walking down the street in our drawers in in close to the Oak Park area.
0: I was gonna say, what part of town you guys yeah, do we were that in? Close to the really Oak depends. Park area,
2: yeah. You know, a lot of the comedians that live up in the area was like, "Hey, that's my hometown, bro. You gotta watch out, bro. Ain't hey, even getting down." <laughs> I, honestly, we we only walked outside for probably like ten minutes. We were only in a small little area. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We made sure we were real quick with doing that and then putting our clothes back on. But we had a lot of fun making that shit. That was. That was some of the most fun I've had, you know, creating anything for a long time. So yeah. I actually had a lot of fun doing that.
0: Was it, like, a real big learning experience? Like, because I'm sure, like, you had these ideas, right? Yeah. And you're pitching these, and you, and you you probably, like, wrote the script, and you had the ideas, and you hand it to the videographer or the director, and then the director being like, dude, we can't do that. Like, we're going to need this, or we're
2: going to need this. Like, was it humbling true, at times? True. There was a lot of humbling moments, definitely. There was a lot of stuff that you feel me you want to put in there. But you also don't want to make the episode so long. Like, it was, the thing ended up being like almost 30-something minutes long. We really only wanted it to be 15. Because we realized people's minds, people's like, I don't know, attention. focus. Yeah, attention span is like really not as long as we want it to be. You know, we put a 30-minute show out. Reality is they're going to watch about five minutes before they're looking at their exactly. phone. Trying to figure out what they're going to eat, something like that. So it's like, we got to get it cracked down real fast to get to them to focus for 15 minutes. Boom, this is it. And we're out. Yeah, Uh, with it being 30 minutes, we did like that it still had a lot more funniness so it could keep you kind of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, going forward, we definitely want to kind of keep it at a certain number and try to focus on keeping it that way all the way through.
0: Yeah, I think that's the right way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, The love horrors, uh, Emily and and, uh, Morgan and Alicia, they do really good at at keeping like the like doing like little short five, seven minute skits. Okay, Um, but they they like, like they've had like a Halloween episode and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's always a good. And uh, I I knew like when I saw that come out in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, here's some here's like Sacramento's version of the Bob Bunham exactly. like, special. Of, like exactly. Everybody was looking for something to to do, to do. and because it was it, it sucked, and then we kind of had like the the semi reopening like in, mm-hmm. in last February March it seemed yeah, like yeah. everything was gonna be normal again.
2: Barely, it was barely even close to that. You know, it it we felt like we we're gonna get back to doing regular life, and I think what the first few weeks we had like shows that were outside, you know, had a couple headphone shows, which was cool, mm-hmm. but it just didn't really meet everything because people were still skeptical about going outside, you know. There was the the non-carers like yo I don't give a, I'm going outside I'm going to do what I want to do but there's people there was a lot of people that was like yo I'm not going outside still. Uh-huh. I'll let that first wave go out, let them catch whatever they go catch, then go back in. Um and you know, I'm I'm happy where we are now, but at that time yeah, it's up. It definitely gets up.
0: Yeah, definitely. And now it feels good. Yeah. Oh man. Definitely. Now it, it feels good. I mean, but living. <laughs> But like it's still it feels cool like like some people are still wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Some people are still keeping, like it seems like we found, like, the happy medium, like, like the yeah. hap-
2: like you know what I'm saying? It's not no beef, at least, you know, because at one point it was if you come inside a place with no mask on, and everybody else is masked up, they're going to get at you, you're going to get ran in, you know, you know everybody going to run into you. Um, I think, yeah, it's a lot of respect given out here, and I like that. Uh, I hope it stays that way, but, you know, people, people kind of change up all through the season, so we don't know what's going to happen down the road, especially with Black Friday coming up. That's a lot of closed-in people. I don't know how they're going to do that. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes.
0: Do you, do, you, do you get down with Black Friday? I
2: usually always work. So, this will be my first Black Friday off. I don't know. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Because I'm... Let me tell you something. You catch me in the streets. I'm i I'm 280. You run into me, and I I, I bump you or land on you. It's, it's gonna be a bad day for you that day. <laughs> you're, so. gonna be,
0: you're gonna be talking
2: about that. Yeah. So I'm like, I might stay in the house. Maybe I'll just look around for Cyber Monday, or maybe go do some shopping then.
0: Yeah. Uh, at my house, it's well at my mom's house mm-hmm. for um, Thanksgiving. Uh, there's always like this little meeting going off in the side with some of my sisters and nephews yeah. and nieces and they're like plotting their Black Friday they're, they're like okay look I'm gonna drop you off at the entrance and yeah. we're gonna go around you just gotta go straight in look they got the TVs they got yeah. uh, and so um, they get really excited about it but yeah I, I, I'm i a big dude too like and I don't I don't like dealing with the big crowds not. nah
2: into people being too close I don't like none of that
0: yeah I, no I, I don't I don't like any of that man I like <laughs> I'm you, how's your coffee man
2: oh it's all good I like this I like that you got the, the prince cup from me you know Pur- purple rain I like that
0: yeah I That's that fire. was a gift from either Tina San Lucas or Jackie Pearl both
2: great people both of awesome. them. <laughs> <laughs> Either one who gave us you would be great. I mean, they're both great women. I
0: right, like right. Isn't this scene fucking great? Like, yeah. I like. I don't know. Like, cause, like I said with you. Like, anytime I see you at a show, like I'm like, oh, dude. Or well, I see you at an open mic, I'm yeah. like, all right, D Rock's here. You yeah. know,
2: it's gonna be. I feel like well, when we see each other, it's, it's like, man, it's gonna be a good day. Like, you know, we're <laughs> out here trying to figure out some stuff. I know a lot of comedians. You know, they get worried coming out doing open mics. It's like, yo, we. When I see you, Tina, and us out there, it's like. Okay, we're all about to try some new stuff out. We're going to have some fun today. Like, we're all about giving each other certain little notes, let you know this and that. Like, I like that about it because I'd rather somebody tell me, yo, I like that joke. Maybe you can tweak it this way and that. Even if I don't use it, just let me know. Mm -hmm. Somebody might like it if you do it this way. Yeah. And maybe I'll use it for like that for one show and just see what happens. Yeah. I like that.
0: I'm always really careful too about like, I'm like, okay, hey, you know that one joke? I think, you know, I'm like, I always ask people, hey, you cool with the note? Because, because yeah. Uh, yeah, some people
2: do take it personal. Oh, I don't want no notes. Like I mean, I don't take it personal. Like if somebody want to give me any notes, I listen. I mean, I may not use it. I may use it. You never know. I mean, if you catch me on the show and you see it, then you're like, oh, I see you used it. It worked out, right? Yeah, yeah it worked it, out. It yeah. But, I mean, I just I don't I don't trip off people trying to give me anything because at the end of the day, you know, they see something in me, and then that's why they want to talk to me about it.
0: Yeah, so I like that. Exactly. How long did you did you try uh, music for? Or what was what was your? I was rapping for.
2: Let's see, I rap for about three years, four years from like seventeen. Well, I started at like thirteen. My my cousin used to make beats. So we used to be in his room. What was he
0: making beats on?
2: Uh Fruity
0: Loops was the thing he had back then. Okay, there. so he had like on the laptop. Oh yeah, he had okay. on he had on a
2: big old computer. And he used to take beats and he was sampling stuff. He was heavy in it and then I don't know, he just kinda stopped. Reese like last that was what? He started when he was like thirteen. He's now Thirty years old, so I would say when he was like, oh wow, twenty six, twenty seven, he kind of stopped and started doing like other stuff. He started looking into coding and stuff like that. He started trying to learn other stuff, um, but he's just now getting back into music. But man, I, I love when he makes beats. He makes good music. I just think he hasn't found nobody has really taken him
0: yeah, to that point. Of like where his he's sound, like, yeah.
2: Well, I feel like he's not a sound, but it's Like nobody has really taken his beat yet. You know, somebody's going. Somebody ain't really not uh-huh. a big name yet.
0: Oh, right, let me love this song. Yeah, oh so yeah, it's, it's all good. good. be crying this whole time. <laughs> Come on, Cry baby. Come on. Um, what was your what was your sound like? Like what, what were your influences as far as like as far as music was? Rappers back in the day. So you I grew up dad, in a dude.
2: church. I grew up in a church. Um, so I sang, sang a lot of church songs when I was growing up. I was in a choir. But my rappers like I like Biggie. Biggie was like one of my favorite rappers because he was a big dude and I was big back then. So it was like one of my favorite people to listen to. Um, Little Wayne I, I had those type of influences um, who else was like really around I, I mean I like NWA even though they were like kind of past my generation I was
0: gonna ask so are you of the age where like when Biggie was out you were hearing it brand new or did you have to go back and listen to it mostly go back
2: like okay. I was like he. I think he passed in what 95 something like that yeah, yeah so I, I, I didn't right. really hear Biggie until like 2000 my okay. mom and dad would listen to it every now and then um, so I was like you know kind of something I would listen to and then like Teachers would have us do, like, I had a drama class. I did a lot of drama classes. So they would be like, yo, we're going to have you do a lip singing song, of a song of your choice. So I chose Biggie for a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Juicy was, like, one of my favorite songs, hands down. Like, I still rap that song to this day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when it came to rapping myself, I was a biter. I wasn't the best rapper. I, was, I would take lines off other rappers and be like, oh, yeah, this sound good. He picks this in with this and then this. So I wasn't the best rapper. I was more better at freestyling because I didn't have to, I didn't have to write nothing down. Uh-huh. I'm not good with writing. Writing something down for me, as far as like rapping, I can't feel it. I don't know how to read it. But in my mind, when I'm saying it, it sounds good. So I can flow with it in my mind. Yeah. So I'm good at freestyling rap. Uh, but as far as like being serious about it, I wasn't. I was always a jokester. I'd get on the rap, say a couple hard bars, and then everything else would just be a, full, a full-on joke.
0: Okay, so, okay.
2: Um, and I think what kind of helped me realize that like I'm not a real rapper was I had, I was in this group called TBE, which was called the Blackout Entertainment or something like that. My boy, my best friend created it, he just put me in the group, uh, and everybody was a rapper or a singer. And we went to an interview at like a radio station in the Bay Area. They were asking all them, hey, what you guys got coming up? They're all like, yeah, I got another song. I got this album, I'm making a mixtape. And he's like, all right, well what about you, big man? What you do? I was like, oh yeah, I rap a little bit here and there. And then my boy was like, yeah, he do, he's actually our security. So when I heard that, I'm like, <laughs> fuck this whole thing, you know. I, I I fucked up the whole interview. I was like, hey, oh fuck this interview. I'm out of here. Oh y'all, yeah, I'm out. And that's when I realized I was like, this is not what I want to do. I'm not a rapper. I'm like, I'm not a real rapper. Uh-huh. And, you know, it took a long time to figure that type of shit out. I, you know, I did a couple private strip shows. That wasn't that wasn't my bread and butter. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't do that either. And, you know, I had to... Wait, wait, you were a dancer for... I danced. But not on, like, no real strip club. I was on some, like... My people set me up with some, like, little private shows. Like, little
0: party, little yeah. Little
2: small parties and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I was... I had a real was gas. Was that good money? I, I, it was. If I didn't have so much gas, I had a gas problem. I was... My stomach was always fucked up. So I would... <laughs> dude, the ladies hated me. I mean, I did, like, two shows. First one was terrible. I had so much gas the first show. And the second show, I don't know, man. It was too slippery for me, man. I kept slipping and sliding, so it wasn't fun. But the girls loved it, you know. I got I got extra change on that one because I was slipping and sliding all over the floor, all in front of them. They liked that, but for me, stripping wasn't for me. I couldn't do
0: it. Wow, I never would have thought it, but I man. mean, you say it now, yeah. You're you're a tall, good-looking guy, hey, you know. You, you got you know, you got to get it where you can, you
2: know. And the women was talking that good talk. It's just I, I didn't know how to dance. I never know how to dance, so it was like already bad, but the way she was talking about money, it was just like, oh, that money sounds good. I can, I can yeah, do something. Yeah, I'll learn. Yeah. yeah, but it was, yeah, never again. Never again. Oh, oh, I never would do that again.
0: That's hilarious. I, I never would have thought that. Yeah, man, that's crazy. What do you, um, what's it been like now that things have been opening back up? Are, are you writing every day? Or are you, are you um,
2: Yeah, well, with the job I work, I work in a hospital, so, um, and I work at an emergency department. So, I mean, I'm constantly getting new material to write or just seeing stuff and then thinking to myself if this would happen. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm always constantly writing new things. I'm, I'm open to getting booked. You know, I'm looking to... to I want a headline. You know, I, uh-huh. I've, I've done the featuring. I've done the hosting. I've done the the guest spots. I've done all that. And, you know, I, I respect everybody who puts me on. I don't have no problem with nobody. But I'm looking for a headlining spot. I want to show people that I can get up there and do 45 minutes, an hour. And have no problems, no struggle. Um, so, you know, that's just the goal of mine. That's what I'm working towards. That's what I'm hoping comes towards me. You know, I'm, I'm always praying every day for God to bless me with that. So, you know, it, it's all going to come in time, I guess they say.
0: Could you waiting. do 45 minutes?
2: I can do 45 minutes. What's the most you've done? The most I've actually done, where they've actually allowed me, nobody stopped me, was like 25 to 30. And that was, that was before the pandemic. Okay. so I'm like I can do it I just need I just need somebody to give me the opportunity and believe yeah. it yeah and then we can make stuff happen
0: yeah it, it's it's rough I was talking to I was talking to tennis and Lucas this morning and mm-hmm. it's, it's so rough because when you're when you're when you're finally getting booked at shows you're getting your 10 you're, you're getting your sevens your tens yeah. your 15s and then going back to an open mic the next Monday you got you got five. In it. It really feels like you need seven just to get loose. I'm
2: telling you. And then even then, it's like, even once you start doing those 10 minutes consecut- consecutively, after a while, it's like, okay, I, I have so much more, but you guys won't let me get past 10. Like, I can I can do more. Yeah. Or you're like, you're right in that sweet spot. Everything's been going good for the whole 10 minutes. It's like, oh, they're loving me. They want more of me. And it's like, no, we got to shut you Easy, down right now. You
0: boom the light. Yeah,
2: because I came off stage off a hot set, and then somebody like seven, eight people come to me and go, yo, you you need to go back up there. This is, yeah, this is yeah, not yeah, working. Yeah. So I'm like, I hate that it happens like that, but you know that's just the way the game goes right now. for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's why like we were talking a little bit before this. Like, it's almost seems like you gotta you gotta start booking your own shows. Right? Yeah, like, pretty like much. Um, I really um, uh, who's was, somebody was sitting. I think Jackie Pearl was sitting there yesterday. She was looking in the backyard. She was like, "Why don't you do a backyard show?" Hey, and I was like, "I don't know, man. That's Tina's thing." And it's like, Damn, I was, but she's like, bad. she doesn't have the you know, she's not the only one that I mean Luke and those guys do a backyard true, show. True, yeah. And I don't know, it just seems that like like backyard shows are like really big right now. And they're yeah. really good.
2: It like, makes it more what is it what's the word I'm looking for like more close like you're more intricate. Like it's not like a I don't need a big crowd but like this having this small crowd they their main focus is me. There's not a there's not a person looking to tip them, not a bartender. No one's control. dropping a check. Nothing. It's just you're just here in the moment. Especially if you get to smoke your weed. You get to do kind of what you want. That's Some people true. be in, I mean, children, they're like, yo, I need to smoke because I'm, I'm so nervous. I have anxiety. And that's like, you know, you're able to do all that at the, at the backyard show. So I like that. And shout out to Tina. Tina San Lucas does have a great backyard show. I do love her show. I like. Uh, isn't it great? And, man, it's amazing. I love when she puts me on it. I like to help her set up.
0: Um, that's Tina, right. Tina She's dope. You know what? No, no lying. I'm not like, dude, she has told me before, like, fucking D-Rock came over here and he was working. She's like, he wasn't, she's like, okay, you're not like someone says, I'm gonna come help you. Yeah. And they like, they stand around and they like, wait for you to tell them oh would help me do. Mm. D-Rock was fucking moving. (laughs) She said, you worked your
2: ass off. Hey man, anything Tina need, I'm always there for. She's been good to me. She, yeah, she, she,
0: yeah, yeah. Tina, Tina, uh, shout out right now. To Tina San Lucas, shout out to uh, everybody doing backyard heck shows because yeah, that is um that's some some hard work into, and and mm. there's some really crazy good backyard shows yeah, going yeah, on right there is. <laughs> Yeah, what do you got coming up the, in the next couple of months? Do you have any? any uh yeah, big?
2: I do actually have a show coming up on um, November 18th. Um, it's the Michael Calvin Jr. Say It Out Loud Comedy Show at uh, Laughs Unlimited. Oh right on. Um, yeah, so I'll be hosting that show. Um, oh, you're hosting hosting. Um, so I'm excited. I've never actually hosted at Last Unlimited, so I'm excited to kind of do this. Um, been praying for uh, Jenny to come back. You know, I know she she had a bad accident or whatever. I'm yeah, yeah. I've been praying for her and every, hoping everything's good with her. Uh, but yeah, we have great people on the show, man. It's me. I'm hosting. We have uh, Sammy Adan, uh, Rick Storer. I want to make sure I keep saying say his name right. Rick Storer, uh, Kels Barksdale, Javon Whitlock, Lawrence Owens is the headliner. Uh, man it's going to be a great show. I mean, I've always had a good time with Michael Calvin Jr. He's definitely put me in a lot of places to kind of a yeah, professionally dude to the to the T. I, yeah. I love working with them and you know, that's been my comedy brother in the game and I appreciate him for everything he's done.
0: Mm-hmm. You also mentioned earlier and a, a few people have mentioned him as a mentor Mario Hodges? Mario Hodge.
2: Yes, that dude. Oh, it's is Hodge. Really, I said yeah, I, I
0: made Hodges. Okay, yeah, yeah it works it. <laughs> Yeah, but that, yeah.
2: Mario Hodge. He um he seen me perform um uh, out in I want to say at Tommy T's, or it might have been somewhere else. And then I kind of just talked to him. I Actually, I performed in Stockton. That's where it was. I was in Stockton performing uh-huh. at a competition, and he'd seen me perform, and he was like, I like what you do. And um, he always, you know, he gave me his number, told me to keep in touch with him, and he's always gave me good pointers and let me know what I need to do. Um, and, he, you know, he told me the people to, to meet and talk to. So I've always had a high, high respect for him and everything he tells me. Um, I haven't talked to him in a minute, but, you know, I see him working, doing his business, doing his that's shit. That's how I don't, it is. You know, I yeah. always want to bother nobody, so I always let him do his thing. But I'm going to definitely catch up with him probably in the next couple months or so.
0: Right on, right on. Any, anything else you got in the works after that? No, nothing
2: else right now. You know, I'm open. If, if people are listening that's looking to book people, listen, I'm around. My name is D-Rock. I live in Sacramento. I, I can go anywhere. I don't care where it's at. I've been to Colorado, Arizona, Vegas.
0: Dude, what was Colorado like? Colorado uh, dude, You went to Colorado Springs. for yeah. uh, th- the World Series about, of Comedy. Yeah, so, tell yeah. us about that and how you got on it um, and all that.
2: So the world, I, found, I actually found out about the World Series of Comedy on Facebook. I I don't know if I put it in like a, a little search bar, but put in something about festivals for comedy and that popped up. And I was actually kind of like thinking, man, this is probably not for me. This is probably for people that has been doing it for like 10, 15 years. But they're actually looking for comedians that are, I would say, they say brand new from like two months on.
0: Oh, okay. They, they
2: want those type of people because they want you to come in and kind of see how things work on a show being set up and stuff like that. Um, but I had a lot of fun down there, man. The The whole thing of just meeting comedians from all over different states. I mean, I met people from New York, uh, Wisconsin, uh, uh, New York, New York, Brooklyn. You know, they got all the boroughs. You got to make sure you name them all. I met people from... From Staten Island. I met people from Boston. I mean, you meet people from everywhere. And to be able to do that type of networking where now I can hit those people up and be like, yo, I want to come come to your city. Can, I, can mm-hmm. I do a show with you? And you get that type of connection. I like that. So yeah, it was a great thing. Even if you don't win, because I, I lost the first round. I went over the time, technicalities, whatever. I oh, lost. really? Yeah. Oh, they're very serious about technical. Well, how
0: much time did you have?
2: I think you get... Five minutes, five, seven minutes, I think oh, that shit. and like you're going and then I think they give you like a quick flash of the light and if you don't go off by then this might starts to clap you off. Like they'll just come up and start clapping you off. Uh huh. So if you get that, that means you automatically you went over time. So oh, shit. you know, I did that. But I mean it was just the experience of it is fun. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back because they have it in all different places. They had it here in Sacramento, they have it in Colorado Springs, Arizona, uh Minnesota. All over the place. So I mean, I would definitely do it again next year. I'm looking for the festivals that go out of the country because I definitely would love to try to just see what's what's it like to do something out there. You know, yeah. I'm all about the experience. I don't care if people don't like me and wherever I go. I don't care if I get booed the whole time. I just want to go and get the experience of just saying, Yo, I went here. I tried it. It didn't work. It did work. I learned something.
0: Right, and doing that networking. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a trip when you think about that, like, when you think about, like, our little Sacramento comedy community, yeah. that these little communities are all over the country. There's thousands Ooh, of them, right? crazy.
2: I, I didn't. I honestly never believed it. I always thought it was us. I thought it was like, oh, <laughs> this is the only community. Sacramento got the only community. And then I go, like, to Colorado Springs, and their community is strong, too. You know what I'm saying? They have their comedians. But, you know, it's I still have that bias feel of, man, my comedian in Sacramento could beat anybody. We could go anywhere and do it anywhere and, and, and outshine anybody
0: i really yeah i had never done a comedy before i came to sacramento but yes comedy here in sacramento especially now because like okay like even tonight there's two open mics Mm. you can hit stab or you can hit touch yeah two completely different crowds definitely yes you know but there's comics that could go up at either one of those mics and still do well you know
2: very true true I ain't gonna
0: lie, Touch the classes. That's
2: a that's a different type of beast,
0: you know. You go there.
2: I would say if you're a comedian or you're trying to start out and you go there, like you're going there to try to see if you are funny to to black people. Not, I don't. There's not nothing else. There's no the other it. way to say it's it. Right? Black people. I mean, you are gonna go up there and try to make them laugh, and it's not no like, hey, we're gonna give you a laugh or anything like that. These are old school black people that yo you got to bring it like def comedy jam in that motherfucker and you it, ain't got to be black either i no. noticed that you don't have to be black you could be any race up in that motherfucker as long as you're funny you're funny that's how they look at
0: it yeah um before the pandemic i i tried touch a class twice and mm. i did o- okay like yeah. i like they were polite to me like <laughs> <laughs> but then uh i've been back a couple times and i and i've done better but yeah. it's a, it's um you were talking earlier about like you want you want to be able to, to, to give more detail and expand more on some of your jokes. Yeah. But like at like touch of class, it's more like hit, hit, hit. Like they you don't do. Yeah, like you gotta hit crowd, every time.
2: Yeah. And it, it's like you, you you go in there and you go, you know, you, you got your jokes set and it's like everything sounds good to you before you pull up there. Then you pull up there, you see the crowd, and you're like,
0: Will this joke really work here? Yeah, I'm like, like, okay, I'm not gonna do the Trader Joe's joke. Yeah,
2: I'm like, I've done that so many times where I'm like, yo, I'm gonna say this, this, this. They are gonna love that shit. Then I pull up and I'm like, they're not really gonna love this shit. I gotta change this one. So I've done that a lot. I've had some good days at touch of class. I've had some straight out bad days at touch of class. Uh, my first time ever going there was one of my worst experiences. I think I had five minutes. I did three minutes and then dipped the hell out. Oh, it wow. was, I was wearing all red. I didn't know colors at the end. I was just, uh-huh. I was a young, dumb dude here. So, you know, it, it it's an experience, but I would say if, if you're feeling like you're on a high, like you know, I'm killing it everywhere I go, uh-huh. go to Touch a Glass.
0: I, I wear all black when I go to Touch of yeah, Glass. Yeah,
2: that, That's like a normal thing now. you gotta wear. Yeah. You gotta wear straight black. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. But here's the thing though if you if you bob if you do no matter how bad you bob at touch a class yeah they got great food they do the food is fucking off the hook. It is. Um, shit is bomb. And you can kick <laughs> back and watch either Regina or Rico. Rico kill that shit. Also. Oh, my God. I remember when I first got into comedy, and I can't wait to interview Rico the Great, because I remember, like, just, like, I was just reading names. Like, I would just see these names, and I'd be like, Rico the Great? Yeah. Okay, Rico. And then I saw him, and I was like, oh, that motherfucker is, is great. great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man man is a legend. He's really a legend like, in all these different cities from here to the Bay Area, and it's crazy, because like he came, he actually did a show, and I have a lot of love for this man because he did this. He actually did a show for my mom's uh, birthday-slash-retirement party. It was her 60th birthday-slash-retirement party. Uh huh. And what's funny is like I was like, yo, man, you're going to probably know somebody in here. Jokingly, like, yo, you're going to know somebody in here at my mom's party because you're from the Bay and you know everybody, everybody know you. Yeah. As soon as he pulls in like five, seven people up in there go, yeah, what's up, Rico, oh, man, I know you do this. And I'm like, Well, this is great. They didn't know he did that? They didn't know, they didn't they haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, shit. Or they like, oh, we know you do comedy. We ain't never came to none of your shows. This is our uh-huh. chance to finally see you. So it was like great to kind of have people kind of know like, yo, I know Rico and like we're all family and stuff like that. But it's like, damn, man, Rico, you know everybody. Like I can't have like one friend like that don't know you. Everybody knows you. Yeah,
0: sure yeah. Rico's amazing. Regina's amazing, and its like that that rotating cast of players that they have mm-hmm. there. They bring in great comics from the bay. Hell yeah, um, definitely. It's it's so you could go go to touch if if you th- go to touch to watch, but if you think you can't get up there, um, try it, man. Yeah. Try
2: it. Five minutes. It seems long. Even if you're bombing, it's fast. Trust me. Yeah. They'll, they'll, make, they'll, let you, they'll let you hear pretty fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, they'll it's let you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's the thing. You don't, you won't walk off stage going and wondering, oh, was I good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though, you won't. You really won't. You're either going to know you were or you were, or you mm-hmm. were not. Okay. That's awesome. Hey, D D-Rock, I like to, when I brought the podcast back, I was like, I want to do something that's kind of like the same, for, but a little bit different for every podcast. Mm-hmm. And I... And I I brought back this, I I used to be a writer and I used to, I used to interview like musicians when I lived in Bakersfield and I had, and I would do five easy questions with them and I asked them the same five questions. And so like now I brought that into the podcast and everybody gets the same five questions and there's no wrong answer. Like I'm not looking for the funny answer. I'm not looking for the deep answer where we're going to like get up and hug afterwards. But just whatever happens, happens. You ready for Good. five easy questions? Let's do it. All right. D-Rock, what are you afraid of?
2: Okay, that's a big thing. Okay, there's <laughs> so many things. Uh, I think naturally anybody's afraid of failure. So, I mean, I think that's number one failure in general. of Failure of not trying. I would never say failure of just doing everything I've done and just it didn't work. I would just say failure of not trying. Um, uh-huh. I would say another thing is uh, I'm afraid of snakes. So if oh, you really? Snakes, like please stay away from me. I'm not... I watched, I watched Jackass a long time ago with Bam Margera, and they threw the snakes in the thing. Don't play that with me. I, I, I will scream worse than he will, I promise <laughs> you. Uh, so I don't play with snakes. And um, women that have stank behind the back of their ears, that's like a big fear. Stank? You know? Like stank. The back of their ears have like dust or dirt or just, it just don't <laughs> smell good. I hug women, you know, you got, you know, I'm six uh-huh. the six feet and, you know, I don't smell your breath no more, but them ears now, ladies, get them ears right. You know, it's stinking out there.
0: All right. Okay. No stank ears, ladies. None. You hear that? Um, who or what inspires you?
2: Um, I would say, life wise, who inspires me would be my mom and dad. Uh huh. Um, they were married for twenty. I want to say twenty seven years. Twenty eight years. Okay. Pretty much since I was born. Um, but they split. But they are very good with each other, cordial with each other, they're very friendly. So it's like coming up, I didn't, seeing them being argued, argue, arguing and fighting with each other, it always made me feel like marriage was not something I wanted, it was something I didn't believe in. Right. But to see them be able to come back together and be good with each other and be able to show love for each other, it's like, yo, marriage is a possibility. It's just, you really got to find the right person that works for you and you know you can make it work for the long term. Um, I would say they're they're somebody that they inspire me to just keep going on and believing that love is out there for me. Um, my brother is another person because he's married, has his, he has two, three children. He has a life. He has a wife. He has a house. Uh-huh. So I look up to him as as a person that I want to be like when I get older. Um, and I would say comedy wise, I would say my my inspirations is Jamie Foxx is probably my number one person.
0: That guy is hustler. He's
2: funny. You feel me? People don't put him in the tops as far as funniest comedian. But honestly, outside of him being the funniest person to me. He he he's a triple threat. He acts, he sings, he he does comedy, he writes, he I mean, he does all kind of stuff. So it's like I like that aspect of being able to show people I'm not just a comedian. I can I can rap, I can sing, I can for me to write for a show, I can write. I uh-huh. can do those things you need me to do and I'm not a one-trick pony.
0: I heard him say once that he gave himself the stage name of Jamie and spelled it that way mm. so that when he would sign up for open mics, they would think he was a girl, and they would guarantee, you know, like yeah, yeah, like they give girls true. like a spot early or that's they true. or they make sure they are in and go. out. Yeah, that's how yeah. they try
2: to do it, and that's a smart way to think. Hey, shit! I mean, I like that idea. That's that's pretty good. Now I might like change my shit up. Now I'm like, uh, <laughs> Darina. Yeah, I'm uh, Dorana. Something like that. I'm gonna get Something it right. Like I'm gonna get it up there. All
0: right. So this next question. Um, this, this could be either, like, music or movies or books or, like, a podcast, but what are you binging right now? Like, what are you just absolutely... Willie Ooh. Travis said he had just binged uh, you on Netflix.
2: So, you... I would say, right now, I, I've really been watching this show called BMF. I think everybody's probably been watching it. It's, the, it's about the Black Mafia family from Detroit. What? No. The big drug dealer family. So, um, it's actually on Stars. Uh uh-huh. I don't know man I'm not a drug dealer but I like drug dealer stories I like yeah. true stories about people that done crime I mean that's what I grew up in we grew up in crime I, I have no problem with people doing crime just to hurt my family but I mean at the end of the day it's like people do what they gotta do I, I like the aspect of just watching those shows and learning what their life was like why they make those decisions that they made um And with watching that, it's got me interested in finding out, are they going to do a a story about the biggest Oakland drug dealers? You know what I'm saying? Because they were, I'm not going to mention nobody's drug dealers' names, but there were some drug dealers in Oakland that were like huge. And Uh my dad told me, they were bigger than BMF. They They were big notch guys. So I would love to see them do that story. I would love to be in that show if they do it. I can be the head guy. Listen, I can act if you need me to cry. You know, be mad, angry, happy. I can do it all but I would love to be a part of that show if they created.
0: Did you ever see the documentary on Hulu? Uh God dang it. I can't think of what it was called right now, but it was out maybe about a year ago and it was about all the the drug dealers and pimps and hustlers that funded the first era of rap.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um you talking about uh the hip hop hip hop runners or whatever.
0: It was Big U and... Yes, uh, and they yeah. and they talked about the guys that... That, yeah, that coming
2: up and how they made it, how they created, how they really made the the rap game respect them, or, or they kind of created the rap game.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they funded the it. first Run DMC yeah. stuff, they funded the first, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that Put was the yeah. yeah,
2: that, man, just to know that, those people behind the scenes was making that shit move, and it's like, we hated drug dealers, but yet drug deals are the reason why we have all this shit we have for rappers. Like, rappers, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't be who we are without them funding it, them putting in the work, them putting them A&Rs, or putting those people that have those record companies, that was running those record companies, in, yeah. in check to, like, yo, you're going to give them what they're deserved. Because back in the day, you know, 80s, 90s, people were getting played out their money every time. Yeah, yeah. And it was a sad day, you know what I'm saying, to see that happen to them. So it's like, we ain't trying to have that happen no more. So that's why they jumped in the game and made that shit happen. Yeah. Made a change.
0: That was a great doc. I was thinking about mm-hmm. that just the other night. Um, what have you been meaning to get to? Um I would say show
2: wise or just in general? Just in general. In general, what I I've been mean, meaning to get to honestly just on another show, on a big show. On a big show. I, I mean yeah. it's been a while since like before the pandemic, I had a big show lined up, and right before we were gonna do it, everything got shut down and we had to go in the house. So it's like right now at this moment. I really just want to get on a big stage. Yeah. A hundred or more people. I mean, in a big ass room. Um, and, you know, and just tear that shit up. Have me a lot of fun on the stage. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like you're going to get that chance at Laughs.
2: <coughs> yeah. I mean, Laughs definitely packs out big, and I love it. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping, you know, to keep coming back there, hoping that, you know, I get a pass to keep coming back and keep showing what I got there. Yeah. I have a lot of love for Jenny and, and her club. I also want to try to get into uh, Punchline as well, though. You know, Punchline is is a place that I was in when when Mars Parker took What the Fuck Wednesday over to there. It was, you know, it was fun to do that there.
0: Yeah, see, I don't remember that era of it. Yeah, yeah, I was just, I was maybe a year after that.
2: Okay, okay, so Yeah. yeah. And that was I mean man, that was so much fun when he had it there. But you know, I would love to go back there and, you know, work all around Northern California, and just be everywhere.
0: Yeah, I would love for Mars just to bring back for all, real? What I, the man. fuck Wednesday.
2: I know he got a lot of stuff going on. Mars, if you are listening, bro, if you want to bring back What the Fuck Wednesday and you're trying to find out if you really think people gonna come back, I'm there. I'll be there. What the fuck? I Wednesday I, I would spot? be there.
0: First I'd love I love those that shows. That shit was fun. A yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. What are you looking forward to?
2: Um, am looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to the future, man, to see what, what is in store for me. You know, I, I have a lot of goals that I have set for myself going into 2022 Um, and I plan on making them all happen, but I just love to see when they're going to happen. You know, that's, that's kind of what my focus is just to see when this stuff will start to flourish and show that, you know, Hey, I'm here and, and I want, I want respect in the game.
0: Yeah. Well, I know like locally you got respect yeah. and, um, yeah, I'm sure it it it'll, it'll eventually come to yeah. where it's it's Northern California, all of California. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> all right, man. It. Well, D, man, is there anything else we we didn't talk about? Uh, no, not much. Are hey, cool? man, uh,
2: I got tickets first. I got tickets. If you need them for the show for November 18th, I got the link in my bio. If you want to check it out or you want to buy them on there. Um, but hit me up, man. I'm always around my...
0: Which bio you uh, Oh, my Instagram. My Instagram okay. bio. Uh, I'll, if you go I'll tag to, all that on your... Yeah, tag hit me on. up,
2: man. I'm on D, uh, my Instagram is Mic. D-R-O-C-D-A-M-I-C. So hit me up anytime if you guys just want to talk about the show I'm working on, if you want to be a part of it, or if you want to try to get into comedy, I'm always down to give any type of advice that I can give or help out in
0: any way. Right on, DRock. Hey, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you.
2: Appreciate you, man.
0: It's been a long time coming. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man.